0: Welcome back, everybody, to Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace. My name is Daniel Rogers, and this is our first Substack podcast. So I started a Substack, danielcrogers.substack.com. It's free to subscribe to, but if you'd like to uh, do like a monthly thing or a yearly thing, then feel free to do that. If you would like to support the podcast or my websites or whatever, like costs, that I have on occasion, um, or coffee, to, to give these podcasts to you, then you can do the money thing. But if you don't, you can do the free thing, and that's cool. How, how this podcast is going to go is I'm going to read the article, and then I'm going to talk more about the subject in like a podcast form. So you kind of get both. All right, here we go. The article is called Embracing Tradition as Tradition. Subtitle, another view on staying Church of Christ. So the other day, I was thinking about how I would explain to Caden, my three-year-old, why we don't use instruments on Sunday morning. Since there is no biblical reason to not use them, I need to have a good reason why. And I think the best answer I can give is that it's just our tradition, a tradition we enjoy and can be be proud of. So first thing, uh, it's not always change for the sake of change. Whether it's keyless entry to cars or tap-to-pay, before we embrace the latest changes, we like to complain that these changes are just change for the sake of change. I've often thought to myself that these changes may just be to trick us into buying more stuff when we don't need to. They change the kind of charging cable or how things connect to force you to buy the newest ones. In churches, the same things happen. Someone suggests a change and someone else says that these are just changes for the sake of changes. Changes. Now, change for the sake of change isn't necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes we need to break the routine and add something fresh into our lives, businesses or whatever, and change for the sake of change is, is a good way to do that. But I think there are deeper reasons why people may want to change church stuff. If you were raised with the idea that everyone has to worship without instruments, instruments which isn't a valid opinion, then your desire to worship with an instrument May come from the very understandable need to separate yourself, not from the tradition, but from the attitude that accompanied the tradition. That's one reason why I personally cringe at the Denominational Distinction Church of Christ. Every time someone asks me one of those questions, a huge part of me wants to distance myself from this particular denominational identifier, which isn't biblically necessary, and have some sort of neutral name on our side, Those questions, by the way, are, aren't y'all the only ones who go to heaven? And aren't y'all the ones who don't have any music? And aren't y'all the ones who believe in baptismal regeneration? Or something like that. It's not that I don't like my heritage. I love the Stone Campbell movement. But it's that I don't always enjoy being associated with the exclusivity, toxicity, and we're the only ones going to heaven attitude I had for 25-ish years that is implicit in this particular sectarian distinction, depending on what area you live in and what churches are in that area. (laughs) But instead of leaving, I will stay Church of Christ as long as I can to work from the inside edge of the outside. As long as people like you keep reading my blogs and listening to my podcasts and sending your encouraging messages, I'll know my labor isn't in vain. By the way, that's a reference not only to the Bible, but to my old website, Labor Not in Vain. Nice to be it. Hmm. So, how do I answer Caden when he eventually starts asking why we do things differently? Alright, embracing tradition as tradition. Instead of leaning on my Puritan and Calvinist roots by arguing for a pattern of worship, I think instead I'll tell him that acapella music, weekly communion, and even our name are our beloved traditions they aren't biblically mandated so others who do them aren't wrong in fact others people's traditions are beautiful as well it's just that this is our tradition i think this does a few things first it enables us to honor other traditions equally i can go to an instrumental service and fully participate It may not be my preferred method of worship, but I can celebrate the fact that it is my brother's and sister's preferred method. I can get just as much out of witnessing their love for Christ and saying amen to their joy as I can worshiping in my preferred way. Second, I can pass my traditions on in love, not fear. My attitude doesn't have to be, this is what we must do, or else— And my attitude doesn't have to be, this is what you have to do and prefer, son. Instead, I can hold it loosely, because it is a beloved tradition, but it is just a tradition. One of many avenues to God through Christ. So I can hold it close while making room for others at the table, and if necessary, I can alter my own tradition to accommodate my Christian family. Third, I can actually enjoy it. I don't have to worry about anxious questions like whether or not psalm books and pitch pipes are biblical. I can sing my heart out knowing that God accepts my worship just as much he does the organ accompanied or band-led worship down the road. So when we admit that our traditions are traditions and don't spend so much unnecessary time trying to justify them or demand them of others using the Bible, we can embrace them as sacred traditions while losing the toxic attitudes and the because I told you so explanations. If you have to step away from some of these because they are triggering or unhelpful to you, that is totally fine. But if you want to embrace them, there is a way to do that without following into falling into the my way or the highway trap. And there you have it. Uh, that's called embracing tradition as tradition. So let's let's talk more about this. If you're like me, and if you're listening to the podcast, I'm guessing that you must be like me. Unless you're listening to refute it, and which in that case, welcome. Welcome to the table. Take a seat, talk loudly so everybody can hear you, and uh, let's have some fun. <laughs> so if you're like me, you have a tendency to want to move away from some traditions because of their association with the toxic attitude. Now, weekly communion, well, uh, I'll always do weekly communion. As you know, I'd like to do weekly communion more than we do it, you know, more than weekly. I'd like to do it, like, daily, you know, or maybe more than that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that's okay. Um, But some of them you do kind of want to move away from. Just because you just get tired of answering these questions. Oh, y'all don't use any music. And it's like, yeah, you can explain it to them, but you've already lost them, you know. Like You've already lost them in the conversation because they think that you think that they ought to not use instruments as well. And we have this mindset that everybody has to do exactly what we do when they're going to hell. It just makes nobody have a good time (laughs) because we're worried about ourselves if we're even doing it the right way. Well, maybe we're not doing it the right way. Oh, boy. Got to be open to study. I sure hope I'm going to heaven. Or or maybe we're always worried about our family members, right? Maybe we got that family member or that friend or that neighbor, and we know that they go to that church that uses an instrument or whatever it is. And we're like, oh, man, I just, I'm worried about them all the time. And no matter how much you talk to them, no matter how much you debate them, no matter how many texts you send or invites to the mail you send or times you knock on their door during a campaign, they don't ever want to visit your church, and they pretty, they're pretty content with where they go, and yet you worry all the time that they're going to hell. I remember being in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, being so worried about my classmates, you know? Like, these guys, these guys are going to hell. What's, what's What do we do, you know? And so you you want to move away from those traditions because of those associations with those old feelings and those old hurts, that old trauma, you know? Uh, when I was in high school and middle school, I wasn't really much worried about other people going to hell because uh, I was always <laughs> sinning. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I was I wasn't I wasn't doing too great, you know. But uh, there you go. Um, we played pretend, didn't we? So we want to move away from it sometimes, right? And so we like to do change for the sake of change. And sometimes it's change just to get away from the toxic attitude. I love Acapella music. But sometimes you want to do like instruments or whatever just to get away from, just, just because of the attitudes you used to have about it. It just almost makes it sick, right? But for me, I, I enjoy a cappella music, and that's not one personally that I have a problem with, right? Mine's more associated with the identifying marks and stuff like that. Um, so change for the sake of change isn't necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes you just have to switch things up. It gives freshness, as we mentioned before. It breathes life into something. Sometimes I'll change my routine. I go to a couple different coffee shops and sometimes I'll rotate which one I'm going to just because you you see the same scenery, the same people, same customers, you know, same, same taste of the hot white chocolate mocha. And you're like, I could use, I could use some black coffee from Jack's. (laughs) And so you, you go down the road a little bit, you know, same change for the sake of change isn't always bad. So this idea of embracing tradition as tradition is really there's there's two things we need to keep in mind one is we're embracing the tradition not because it's biblical or scriptural or authorized but because it's tradition I'm not not I'm not asking those questions anymore those questions aren't on my radar because we have freedom in Christ that's not part of the New Covenant patterns of worship and order of worship and all this that's not part of the New Covenant Okay, so I'm not asking those questions. Well, do you, Daniel, do you think that instruments are authorized in the New Testament assembly? I don't think that they have to be authorized in the New Testament assembly because those aren't questions that we need, that we have to ask about worship. We're not living under the old covenant. There is no pattern of worship, so I don't have to worry about those questions. So I don't you know, you can ask me those questions, of course, but just know that's where I'm coming from. Um, I don't think there has to be a pattern. But anyways, um, we're not embracing these traditions because we think they're biblical or they're right or they're the only way or they're God's way or they're the ordained way or they or in Colossians two where it says whatever you do in order to do, do all in the name of the Lord that like we're doing everything by God's authority. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about embracing it as a tradition. In other words, recognize that it's our preference and nothing more than that. May. May it bring us personally closer to God? Sure, that doesn't mean it's going to bring somebody else closer to God. You put it as well with my soul. you know, acapella, stick it up on the board, number 110 or whatever it is. you know, hey, we're gonna have a great time. It's gonna be awesome. You take a kid who grew up in a full band contemporary worship church and plop him in there. Hey, listen to this, we're gonna sing shape notes. And he might like it if he's, you know, musically inclined or he you know, likes that kind of thing, but he might not. He might be like, what in the world is this? And that's okay. We, we can embrace our tradition as tradition. The other thing we need to keep in mind is doing this means that we should be embracing our tradition loosely. We should be embracing our tradition loosely. That means if the dynamic of our church changes which it should because we should be growing individually we should be going as growing as a community and we should be growing numerically people coming in right as the dynamic of our church changes we need to be open to altering to changing to shifting our traditions to better mirror the body of Christ as a whole for example let's say that you have someone move in from another country and they have some kind of tradition Maybe it's a song that they like to sing. Uh, just to keep things simple, the the hospitable thing to do, the Christian thing to do, would be in to incorporate that song, you know, into your worship every now and then, or that style, or or that prayer, or maybe maybe even their traditional dress or something like that. You could you could hold your traditions loosely and be malleable so that. The body of Christ is the body of Christ. Not everybody's a foot, not everybody's an eye, not everybody's a hand, not everybody's a mouth, but it's, it's diverse like it's intended to be, right? When you say that in Christ there is no Jew, Greek, bond, free, male, female, you recognize that there are still Jews and Greeks, bonds and, <laughs> bond, and free, male, and female. But what you're doing when you say that is you're saying those things don't keep you out of the body of Christ, and you're fully, you're fully welcome as the person you are. We're not asking you to stop being Jewish, or stop being Greek, or stop being African American, or stop being Native American, or stop being Irish. But at the table of Christ, everyone is welcome equally, and you can fully be yourself at this table to the glory of God. So our traditions need to be malleable, and that's cross-culturally, that's cross-generationally, and... As my generation matures, I hope we'll do a good job at allowing the younger generation below us to bring their traditions to the table, right? And be open to that. And that doesn't mean that you would completely erase the uh, the generation above you's traditions, but it's that you mix it up some, you know. You you the. The traditions change as the church changes, and the church should always be changing, and so the traditions change. Now the key element of it, like communion, I mean, they're, they're, the key elements might stay the same, but how that looks and how that feels you know, around that may be different. Gathering around the tables, having more of a meal, or whatever, moving to the hourglass prepackaged cups instead of the single-shot prepackaged cups, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but the point is, is that embracing tradition as tradition helps you to honor your heritage, while at the same time loosing you up so that you can be malleable. The other major thing that I mentioned is that it takes away the anxiety. Um, When you're following the regulative principle, which is what I meant by the Puritan and Calvinist heritage, which we do have, you can't deny that, that is the heritage that we have in the Churches of Christ, beneath the language that we use to describe who we are as a people and why we do what we do in the Church of Christ, whether we like it or not, You have the Reformation movement, the Puritans, John Calvin, the regulative principle. All this is part of our heritage. We don't skip all of that and go back to the first century. You can't do that. It's impossible to do that because even the Bibles that we have come from manuscripts that were discovered, put together, and translated since the first century. You can't be a New Testament Christian in that purest sense that we like to pretend. We have a lot of baggage through the years, and that's not a bad thing. Admitting it is is a huge step into being able to include what is helpful and transcend what is unhelpful. And admitting, tra- admitting that our traditions are just traditions is perfectly okay. It's not adding to the Bible. It's not taking away from the Bible or anything like that. It is Just being honest with ourselves, that our traditions are just traditions. And we can admit that. We can have so much more humility in the discussion. We can be patient with each other. We can also expect more of each other. Like if it's just a tradition to you, then you should be willing to move on it. You know, it doesn't have to be your way every single time. And if it's just a tradition to me, it doesn't have to be my way every single time. Because it's just a tradition. And traditions are great. They have nostalgia, they give hope, they inspire people, they brighten people's days. But at the end of the day, our love of Christ, for Christ and our love for our brothers and sisters, should mean that we're okay with giving a little bit in order to include everyone in the kingdom of God and not just copycats of ourselves. Um, here's another thing I wanted to talk about here. Um, I mentioned how you can get just as much joy out of witnessing someone else worship in their preferred way as you can worshiping in your preferred way there's this passage in philippians chapter 3 or sorry philippians chapter 2 that talks about looking to other people's needs in the body of christ more than you look towards your own so if i my preferred way is acapella music now i love playing instruments if you if you are personal friends with me on facebook or just know me in real life. You know that I love trying to play different instruments. I've tried to play the piano. I tried to play the harmonica. I tried to play the guitar, and I'm I'm getting I'm I'm okay at the guitar, and I'm I'm getting better at the mandolin. I'm I don't know if my mandolin has passed my guitar quite yet. I guess it depends on the style. I'm way better at improvising on the guitar than I'm the mandolin. So I'm probably still better at guitar. I've been playing it longer, anyways, since like I was 13 or something. Uh, but anyways, what was I saying? I love instruments, but my preferred way to worship is uh, worship on Sunday mornings in a corporate assembly is still a cappella singing. I think that I'm worshiping anytime I play music, but on Sunday morning I like to sing. Let's say one of the teenagers a few years a few years from now, one of our teenagers who is learning how to play music now gets up and says, "Hey, you know, I'd like to play a song. Uh, I've been working on this song. It means a lot to me. You know, I'm going to play it on the guitar and have everybody sing along with me." I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, that's great. And even if it wasn't like yeah, they't didn't, they didn't do the best job, you know, or whatever, or maybe maybe it was just wasn't really my style of music, you know, maybe it was like uh I mean every music is my style of music. I listen to everything from jazz to bluegrass to rap to heavy metal, so whatever. I mean, I'm kind of good with everything, so I, don't, I can't really name a style that I wouldn't get enjoyment out of. M- my point, though is that I would have more joy. And I'm talking about heavenly joy, rejoicing the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Thankfulness to Christ. Thankfulness to my brother or sister for sharing their gift. I would have more, just as much joy in that than I would singing, uh, you know, singing, uh, I still have joy, <laughs> which is a song that our church is learning. Why doesn't, why, why don't other people have that? I mean, think about it. Think about it. I mean, People get mad when you don't worship in their preferred way. But is there no joy in watching someone else worship in their preferred way? You know, I cry. <laughs> I cry when I watch some movies and and uh, some TV shows. But let me explain which ones I cry at. Oh, this is hilarious. I can't believe I'm sharing this. On America's Got Talent or like, uh, like uh, what's the other one? American Idol. Some of those others. What's the one with the X's? Is that America's Got Talent, or The Voice? Maybe. Um, No, that's the thing where the chairs turn around, right? They just ghost you if they don't like it. Okay, whatever. If there's somebody that comes on, not 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 if their story's overhyped. If their story's overhyped, you know, like they're missing six legs, and you know they've got like twenty different forms of you know different diseases and stuff, and they like they like really play into that, or or especially if it's something that's. That's, that's really mild and they just overhype it like this huge problem and they overcame it to sing like I, I, I kind of they kind of lose me but if it's somebody comes in who doesn't make a big deal about all that stuff or what oh, who cares whatever anyways and they just really knock it out of the park man they get the gold buzzer who I got tears in my eyes seeing somebody accomplish their their dreams you know or like in Cinderella the movie I cried in that movie I don't even remember why but it was one of the the real it was one of the first you know like real life versions of Cinderella I cried in that movie. I don't. I don't remember why. I think it was just because she, she did it. You know, she she accomplished what she was trying to do, and I was just so happy for her. And so I get a lot of joy out of watching other people worship in their preferred way, especially if they're into it. Oh man, especially if they're really enjoying themselves. You know, whether it's whether it's playing music or singing or preaching or they're just in their element. Man, that just that's cool. And I wish I wish other Christians could adopt that. Because you can watch a, a, a Catholic Mass or, you know, whatever, an Episcopal uh, Christmas Eve service. And you might not get a thing out of it, you know. And yet you're watching the people and their emotions and their love of Christ and their, their joy in the Spirit. And it just fills you with that deep sense of gratitude that, that God has provided all these different ways and senses, uh, smelling and tasting and hearing feeling and all this that we have that we can interact with the divine and i just love that so much and embracing tradition as tradition has allowed me to enjoy where i'm at while at the same time celebrating other cultures and traditions and and appreciating what god is doing in all these various ways you know yeah all right there it is. Embracing tradition as tradition. Let me know what you think about this format, reading the article and talking about it a little bit more. I think I liked it. Uh, I wonder if you like it too. Please leave a comment uh, either on Facebook or on Substack, or I think you can leave comments on Podbean. But like, I don't really know if I've ever even seen those, so I don't know if it's possible. I've never looked. But anyways, thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great day and subscribe to the Substack. .substack DanielCRogers.substack.com. Subscribe for free today and start getting those emails ASAP. Have a great day and God bless.